Hey all and welcome to another episode of the Game Luster Podcast. This time we've got a skeleton crew on board. It's just me and one of our newer writers, Elizabeth. Hello Elizabeth, how are you doing? I'm great, how are you? Awesome, I'm doing pretty well myself, of course. I'm always feeling good when doing a podcast. I'm typically in a cheery attitude when I know I've got a podcast coming up, so I'm I am doing just fine. I'm glad you could join me, by the way. Um, thank you. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking first about our most anticipated game titles this fall. That is the fall of 2018, the autumn of 2018. Um, 20, this has been a good time for games overall, this 2017-2018 era, if you will. Last year was big. This year we've gotten some great ones, but there are more coming our way this fall. And I will, of course, let my guest, you, Elizabeth, go first. So lead us off here in this episode. Um, oh, and I guess I should introduce myself, too. I don't know if I did. I'm Trevor, Trevor Whalen, um, joined with by, of course, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Christopher. And it is then to you, Elizabeth, that I now turn and ask... What are your most anticipated titles or title of this fall? My most anticipated title is definitely the new Pokemon game, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Awesome. Uh, anyone who knows me would know that, of course, that's the game I'm the most looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of, like, a lot of people are really split down the middle on the whole game because they're making some changes to some uh, series features that have been a staple. But we already know that Let's Go isn't going to be a core series game, and they've already the directors have already promised that the next Pokemon game will be more akin to the older ones. So I'm willing to give the new features a shot because, hey, it looks fun, honestly. You get to dress up in Eevee and you could ride on an Arcanine. What more do you want? I don't know. Can you can you dress up as Pikachu? You can dress up your Pokemon, yeah. You can dress ah, up Pikachu, too. Excellent. You have little bows and stuff you can get for them. Dressing up it's, Eevee and Pikachu. It's very cute. <laughs> of course, I I misheard you, but dressing up as them would be cool as well. But yeah, that I, sounds... You know, <laughs> you know, they probably will have some way to do that. They, have, they added that in Pokemon Go recently, so I have a feeling that probably will come to Let's Go as well. And it does sound really cute being able to put little bows and stuff on Eevee and, of course, Pikachu as well. I'd likely put a party hat on Pikachu because whenever I play as Pikachu in Smash, I always put on the blue party hat. Oh, party hat, hat Pikachu is so cute. Yes. Yes, he was my main in the original Smash Brothers on the N64, specifically party hat Pikachu, not just regular Pikachu. He had to when have I the played- party hat. Melee. I think I used the wizard hat. Was it a wizard hat in Melee? I can't remember. It's been so long. I can't remember. I've played Melee. It was either a wizard or a party hat. It was one of those ones that I used. I would think it was a party hat, but it has been a while. Maybe it was a wizard hat. That'd be kind of cool. Pikachu pulling a Mickey, you could say. Yeah, I loved playing as Pikachu in Smash when I played it. I didn't play the original. I did play Melee. I I played the I've played all of them of of course um the original starting with I don't I don't actually think I've ever played the original really 
which is surprising because I have an N64. Have, I just never ended up getting it. Have you ever seen My, a lot of footage from it? Have I? I've seen a little bit of it. I've seen, because a lot of people use Melee, so mm-hmm. that's the one I've seen the most of. And I own the newer games of the series as well, which I actually enjoy playing more than Melee. Ah. Yeah, I know a lot of people prefer Melee, because there's some like glitches and exploits that make the game that a lot of people use to like win, yeah. but I don't really care for that. And I actually like the newer roster of characters better. So I do. I love the roster in like the Wii U and 3DS ones. Oh yeah, same. And as far as all the um, the the glitches or the exploits or the little pro tricks, you could say, um, like wave dashing and all that, I've never been big into those either. Yeah, I I mean I don't know how to do them, but I just don't really see the point. Like I want to play to play the game, not to win. And I'm not very good e- anyway, so when I play at parties and stuff, I'm usually the first person out. Now, I I was... I don't know if I've ever been the first person out, but I also haven't necessarily been just perfect. But I have... I've been pretty... I can I can do pretty well in Smash Brothers. Um, and, like, my brother... And Melee, he got ridiculously good as Link. My brother's Link and Melee is, like, unbeatable. I don't know if I've ever beaten him or if anyone that he's played with has beaten him when wow. he's Link and Melee. But in Brawl and the Wii U ones, I I finally got to him. Um, I was finally able to beat him. I remember I was playing Smash Brothers for Wii U online with my brother and one of his friends. And I was, I was Cloud, and I just dominated them, like, 10 to 20 rounds in a row. I won every single one of them, and I felt so happy about myself, and I knew I could only... That sounds awesome. Oh, it was awesome. I wish I could do that. (laughs) It's a fun feeling, and I can only fathom how miserable they must have been. But Now your brother knows what it's like. Exactly. All those years ago. Exactly, because I had to put up with him in Melee, and he also would beat me all the time in the original, though in the original, we typically teamed up against CPU characters. Yeah, that's what my sister and I did when we played Brawl. And I liked Brawl's story mode. I think I'm one of the few people who did, but I really did enjoy that. The subspace <laughs> of Mystery, you mean? Yeah, I really liked that. I don't know what about it, but I really enjoyed it. That's that's interesting because I can't reference their names. They've um left me memory a bit foggy here, but I have other GL writers have said they liked um the subspace of mystery, which when I played it, I remember I was kind of meh on it. It just didn't grab me. I can see liking the cutscenes and stuff, but I don't know overall. I- I enjoyed it because I got to, it was like a co-op I could do with my sister instead of playing against her. That's true. And she's, she's way better than I am, so. Okay. <laughs> if I played with her, I'd pretty much always lose. Okay, well, I can, well, pre-brawl at least, I can relate to that feeling. I like the adventure mode in Melee. 
Although I can't remember if there's co-op in it, I don't think God, there is. Did I ever play Adventure Mode in Melee? See, I didn't own Melee. My friend brought it over a lot when she came and visit me, visited me. So I don't know if I ever played Adventure Mode because I think we just played the multiplayer. It was, it was like, well, I mean, it was, it wasn't quite the subspace of mystery, but there's a little story woven in, like you'd see, like Samus. The start to Samus's level would show Ridley, I believe, if my memory is serving me correctly. Um, there would be a Mario section where you went through a little stage jumping on Goombas. So there was stuff like that throughout for each character. It was like kind of like a story classic mode, but done up with a little story thrown in. Not anything like the subspace, nice. though. But anyway, um, yes... Original N64, Pikachu with the party hat. That was the tangent, dressing up Pikachu, putting on the party yeah. hat. And it it also made me want to ask you, so how, like, I, I followed Pokemon very closely. I was obsessed with Pokemon as a kid. I got blue, my brother got red, we got into the trading cards. And through Sapphire and Ruby, I followed it pretty closely. Then I entered this period where it was kind of in and out. And recently I got, well, not recently, I guess it's been a few years. I got Pokemon X and Y, or Pokemon Y on the 3DS and played it some. But you certainly seem to be more hip to recent Pokemon knowledge. So kind of fill me in, like, how has the Pokemon franchise been lately? How has it been waning? How has it felt like going into the games this fall and the original one next year, like what do you how do you just feel about Pokemon in general? I actually think Pokemon's going pretty strongly, and I think that might be part of the influence with Pokemon Go. And I know a lot of people I hear like mixed arguments with Pokemon Go where people are like, Oh well, like Pokemon Go fans aren't real Pokemon fans, but it's like I can talk to my 55-year-old mother about Pokemon. I can have a conversation Finally. with her. And she knows what I'm talking about. This is the first time in 20 years where she's known what I've been talking about when I talk about Pokemon. I know. it, And I am very excited about that. And that's why I'm excited for Let's Go, because a lot of my Pokemon Go friends, the people who've, who've gotten into Pokemon just through Pokemon Go, are going to play that game like my mom's gonna buy a switch for it awesome so like it's just surreal to me seeing people older than me wanting to play a pokemon game that is surreal and, and it's go ahead yeah, are you continuing you can... i was gonna say and with the new games with the improved graphics a lot of people really liked the sun and moon games i know i was one of them uh, I thought the new Pokemon designs were really well done, and I loved the new region. So I think Pokemon's been going pretty strongly right now. And see, I need to check out Sun and Moon because there is like a there can be a diehard Pokemon fan in me, um, and I can really get into it. Like I said, I remember Sapphire just completely getting obsessed with it. I got like I got Kyogre the little the the Pokemon on the front of the box for yeah, Sapphire. Yeah, I love Kyogre. Yeah, and, and I got... I played Sapphire first as well. It awesome. wasn't my first Pokemon game, but it was the first one of those games that I had. So I'm partial to Kyogre. 
Yeah, my brother got ruby. I don't know what our criteria was. Like, I got blue, he got red. Um, I got gold, he got silver, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. And then he got ruby, and I got sapphire. And, of course, I got the yellow edition, and there wasn't an equivalent for that one. We never got crystal, Pokemon crystal. But I don't know what criteria we were operating on, but, yeah, I got... I, of those two, I got Sapphire. It sounds like you got a lot of the games I did, except I got um, red instead of blue. Okay. My sister got blue. But I got gold as well. Gold was my first Pokemon game. And I've been replaying, so they put gold, they put gold, silver, crystal, red, blue, and yellow on the 3DS on the virtual console. Ooh. So I've been, I just finished gold. And I bought Crystal today for my flight to Japan. So awesome. I'm going to be playing that on the way there. Perfect. Because it's mindless and I love it. I actually never finished Crystal. I got stuck in the Whirl Islands. I was really little when I played it. Mm-hmm. And I got stuck in the Whirl Islands without a Pokemon that knew Flash. So, And I got lost and I couldn't find my way out. So I had to restart the game and I never ended up playing it after that. So I never finished Crystal. <laughs> so I'm glad I get to play it now and actually know what I'm doing and like beat it. Oh yeah, I would I would love to pick up Crystal. I I'm I'm always kind of surprised that we didn't get it back in the day cuz that's when we were more in tune with all things Pokemon. Is it very different? I, it's actually more different than I was expecting. So they added in the Pokemon now have animations. This is the first game where the sprites had animations. Mm-hmm. And they changed some of the Pokemon locations, so it's a lot easier to find some of the... Because my one complaint with Gold and Silver was that a lot of the new Pokemon were kind of inaccessible. Like, a lot of the... Like, Teddy Ursa and Vampy are the two I'm thinking of, that they changed the locations in Crystal. So those were some new Pokemon that, if people wanted to use them, they couldn't get them until the very end of the game, at the 8th gym. And in Crystal, they moved them forward. So I just started the game, and I just caught Vampy and Teddy Ursa. They move them forward, so it actually gives people a chance to use them, and I'm very excited about that. That sounds like a great tweet. They changed some of the locations around, and it actually is really... I enjoy it. I've been enjoying it. I don't think it's that much different other than that, though. Okay. See, like that, just hearing you keep talking about this, like, I'm getting that itch, you know. And I do have Y. I have Pokemon Y. I started it and never, like, never got back to it, even though I was kind of enjoying it. I I should get back into that one. I, sh- I put so many hours into Pokemon Y. It's because I started getting really into the shiny breeding when I got my Pokemon Y. Shiny breeding. Yeah, you, so you can find alternate colored Pokemon. I don't know if you've ever found one. Like the red Gyarados in uh, gold and silver. So they can appear naturally, but it's a very low chance. Mm-hmm. So in the first, in gold and silver, it's a 1 in 8,000 chance of them appearing wow. naturally. And it's gotten a little bit lower as they've progressed further. I think it's 1 in 4,000 now. But they've added in a little trick where if you breed a Pokemon with a Pokemon that's from another re- another like region of the world, you can get shiny Pokemon easier. They made it. They uh, one of the directors added that little thing in, so 
if you like, I can start one of my games in Japanese and then trade a Pokemon to an English game, and I can use those to breed for shiny Pokemon. So I've been starting to do that a lot more recently. And I even figured out you can do it in gold and silver. It's just you do it a little bit of a different way. There's an exploit you can use in gold and silver where um, if you have a shiny Pokemon in gold, since in the first they didn't have enough uh, space on the cartridge to do it to do shininess any other way, they locked it to the Pokemon's IVs. So each Pokemon, when you find it, has a set of like, they have like HP, attack, defense, special attack, special defense, speed, and they have a number between zero and 31 that's like individual to each Pokemon. So the higher the number, the better that stat will be overall. And uh, it's locked. The shininess is locked to those. So if you find a Pokemon with a certain set of IVs, it'll be shiny, which is where the ratio comes in. But it also means that if you breed a shiny Pokemon, you have a 1 in 64 chance of getting a shiny instead of a 1 in 8,000. That's Those are some better chances. <laughs> so my friend helped me figure out how to uh, get everything set up. And I was using it in my run of gold. I was doing some shiny breeding. And I did a, I finished up a project recently in three eggs. And that's really short for me. So I'm very... It's fun using that uh, little trick. And they made it so you can transfer from the virtual console gold, silver, crystal onto the new games like X and Y, Sun and Moon. You can... So they have a little app on the DS called Pokemon Bank and it connects to all the Pokemon games you have. It can talk to all of them and you can just, it's a way you can move all your Pokemon from one game to the next. So you can put Pokemon from the, these old games onto it and you can move them onto your new ones, which is very cool because back in uh, the day when we got Ruby and Sapphire, they cut connectivity between gold and silver and i know my sister and i were really disappointed about that because we i remember trying to trade my sister's insanely high leveled hair across over to uh our ruby and sapphire and we couldn't do it because they didn't have any way to communicate with each other why did they cut that support i don't think they wanted to so i was i've been reading the interview for uh there's an interview with the director of Let's Go mm-hmm. where they're talking about the connectivity because uh, they – so I'm writing an article on it. But they were um, talking about how they want to make sure Let's Go can communicate with the other Pokemon games because they were really sad that they had to cut the communication between uh, Gold and Silver and Ruby and Sapphire, and they didn't want to have to do that again. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make sure all the new Pokemon games can talk to each other, which I think is really cool. So I don't think it was ever an intentional, like, sever. I don't think the Game Boy Advanced and the Game Boy Color, I think there was some kind of compatibility issue where they weren't able to come over. Okay. So I don't think they wanted to. But I think they had to. And now moving forward, you can get Pokemon from Ruby and Sapphire on. You can move them forward. You can't move them backwards, but you can move them forward. Okay. Well, so, yeah. clearly I have quite a bit to get into here <laughs> with shiny breeding. See, that's something I hadn't heard of before. 
I mean, I, I think I, I was aware of, of off-colored Pokemon, but shiny breeding I don't think I had heard of. Yeah, I've been doing it a lot recently. It's just something, it's because... When I'm in, when I was in school, I didn't have a lot of time to do, to like really focus and devote to games. But breeding for shiny Pokemon gave me a tangible result that I could do while doing something else. So a lot of the times, like, I would be sitting at our D&D campaign and I'd just be having my DS and just doing a mindless thing. <laughs> so. Awesome. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy doing that. It takes a while. It really does. But it, like, even I have terrible luck, so even with these increased odds, I still have just, like, the worst luck possible finding these things. But it's still fun. And it gives you something, you know, it's immediately obvious that it's a different, like, it's special. Okay. And now that they put shiny Pokemon in Pokemon Go, I've just been, like, Ah, they're in Pokemon Go. Going crazy, yeah. They've they've been putting them in rather slowly. Only certain Pokemon are available in their shiny forms in Go. But now that they're in there, I'm, like, devoting way too much time to Pokemon Go. Uh Uh-oh. Shiny Breedy plus Pokemon Go equals lots of time. I mean, my mom plays Pokemon Go obsessively, so I go out with her. So we play it a lot together. So I have I have time to spare to do Pokemon Go. <laughs> See, I've I have not gotten onto the the Pokemon Go wagon, so to say, and I've been tempted to at times. But I think well would I would I really have time, but the thing is I would. I mean there are times that I devote to just going out for a walk and I think, hey, I could be Yeah, that's how my mom got into it actually. So my mom has a Fitbit. And she has to walk a certain number of steps each day. She's in a competition with, like, a bunch of other my family members. So my sister was like, you know, you can, like, even because we live in the middle of nowhere, so we can't Uh. really find Pokemon where we live, but you can get eggs in Pokemon Go. So as long as you walk them, they will hatch into Pokemon. So that's how my mom, so my mom's on a higher level in Pokemon Go than I am. And that's how she got there because she goes out walking every single day and always has Pokemon eggs hatching. See, so. I could, then that, that encourages me because I can, there are times I can walk quite a bit. So maybe I should look into Pokemon Go. I've Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's, it had this fad period two years ago and yeah. now like no one plays it anymore. But I have a lot of friends who still play it and the community that is in my area, I really enjoy. And I don't know, it's just something like, it's really fun. They've added in a whole bunch of new stuff where you can do trading now and uh, you can like, they have these monthly events where they make one Pokemon, like a rare Pokemon more common. And it's really cool going out on those days and seeing just exactly how many people are playing it. And I'm going to be in Japan for this one, for the coming one. So I'm very excited about that because uh, so they have Pokemon that are locked to certain like regions of the world. And they just put trading mm. in. So I'm going to try to trade uh-huh. a bunch of the American regionals to people in Japan. Now that sounds... Because I can just, I can just cool. do it. Yeah. And I've been stockpiling them for the last month. 
So I'm very excited about that. Because I could speak a little bit. I was Japanese major, so I can speak a little bit of Japanese. Ah. So I can, I think I can communicate enough to get these trades done. And like, I've been with the Japanese exchange students who play Pokemon Go the first summer the game was out. Uh, we had some exchange students come to a program that I was doing. And it, it's so hard to find sometimes just that one Pokemon that's regional. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just doesn't show up and it takes a while to find it. Mm-hmm. And I have a ton of them. They've been showing up really commonly where I go to play. So I think it would just be really fun to just give them out and see. I think I, I think I can make a couple people's days, and I'm really excited about that. Now, when you're to trade them, like, can you just walk around and it picks up other people's, or do you have to, like, engage so someone? I have to engage someone and I have to add them as a friend in Pokemon Go. But once you do that and you do one, like, you can, like, send them an item or do a battle with them, Mm -hmm. then you have the ability to trade. And it costs a little bit. They have, like, so the thing you power up your Pokemon with is called Stardust. And it's a little bit different in Pokemon Go. You don't level your Pokemon up. You power them up with Stardust instead. And it costs Stardust to do trading, but I've actually had, like, a stockpile of it. I've been sitting on it for a while because I don't... A lot of the Pokemon that I have, I'm, like, okay with where they are right now. So I've just been hoarding it. And it costs a lot to do a trade, but I have it. So I figure I might as well do it because I think it could make someone's day. And it would be really cool. Oh, yeah. And I would, I mean, that idea of of region-specific Pokemon, that's that would be exciting to to go somewhere and, ah, I can get this region's Pokemon. Yay. Yeah. This is my first out-of-the-country trip with Pokemon Go because I studied abroad in Japan the summer before the game came out. Awesome. So I'm excited to see what I can get in there. I mean, I'm not going to play Pokemon Go, but I'm going to play Pokemon Go while I'm there. Right. Right. Especially if they're doing events while I'm there, because they are. Awesome. So, yeah. I'm going to buy data for this. This one thing. Yes. But see that 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 makes me really interested. Like I need to I need to get Pokemon Go. I guess so many things, so many things to do. But I need to somehow squeeze in Pokemon Go. I can combine it, like I said, with my walk time. I guess. And yeah, that's a good way to get started. Now, of the two Let's Go titles this fall. Which do you plan to get, Eevee or Pikachu? I'm getting Eevee. I love Eevee. Okay. Eevee's so cute. That's... Also, the Eevee game has Vulpix on it, and I want Vulpix. Oh yeah, Vulpix is nice. Eevee and Vulpix both. What? I, I'm like that stereotypical person that uses the like all cute Pokemon team. Yes. But, you know, it's just who I am, and I'm embracing it. Oh, that's fine. My yeah. mom is also getting Eevee, unfortunately, and so is my sister. I've been able to talk none of them into getting Pikachu, so I guess I'll have to figure something else out. Well, I would get, get Pikachu. One. I need to find someone who has Pikachu yes. so I could trade with them. Yes. Get some of the Pokemon off of that. I'm also excited by this game having a, a little co-op feature. Because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the game right when it comes out, because I still don't have a Switch, and I don't have a paying job. But uh, uh, my mom has already said I can play with her, and there is that little bit, like, so I can 
if once I have the game, I can do double battles with her where I can like bring my, I think our switches can like communicate with each other Mm -hmm. and we can play in the same world. But until then I can help my mom catch Pokemon. So I'm always down for that. Yeah. And so I'm going to start, I'm going to start saving for a switch as soon as I get back from Japan. It's just Japan. (laughs) Yes. Japan. There's Japan first. Yeah. Now, what? so what is this little co-op feature? Maybe, like, uh, elaborate on it just a little bit. Like, how exactly does it work? I'm, I'm not sure of all the details yet. From what I've seen from, like, people doing the demos is you can play by yourself or you can play with another person where when you're catching Pokemon, you can throw two Pokeballs at it, and it apparently makes it easier to catch some harder-to-catch Pokemon. Okay. So... I think that it'd be helpful for like legendaries and stuff. Okay. Now, so yeah, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee coming this fall. And hearing, again, hearing you talk about Pokemon, I wonder like, have you ever done a school project or like written a thesis on Pokemon? I haven't done a school pro, I, I did a school project that had Pokemon in it. Mm hmm. One of our math teachers at my high school let us do a project on, um, we did, so it's this fungus. It actually exists. And it, it's one way of like spreading is it like takes over ants and like uses them as hosts. But there's actually a Pokemon, Paris is a Pokemon mm-hmm. based off of that. And we were able to do a project. It was like a recursion project in my math class focusing on Paris, which was really cool. But I've never done a project like specifically like looking at Pokemon. See, that that's really cool to me, too. I love always finding whatever way you can to figure out how to put something you love into school projects. And you figured out a way to do that with Pokemon there and that obscure way. That's cool. Actually, thinking back on it now, I definitely have done it on other things, because I remember I had to do a Japanese presentation that was a comparison between two different things, so I talked about the differences between the the two new Pokemon games, Sun and Moon. Of (laughs) course. I would have, too. Yeah. I would always be looking for ways to compare, bring up, you know, something that I like or am passionate about. But you should write a thesis. If you ever write... Like, get another degree and you need to write a thesis. You should write a thesis on Pokemon. Figure out some way to work it in with your field. Yeah, I need to, like, think about that. Yeah. I would love to write a thesis on Pokemon. I seem to have a vast knowledge of it. Yes. It's, like, the only thing. I, like, hyper-fixated on it as a kid. Mm -hmm. I got into it and I was, like, three. So I seem to know a lot about it just because I, like obsessively learned information about it oh yeah the mark was made and at just the right time and you know you find the one thing you love and are good at and you just go to town with it so yeah i would read your pokemon thesis too i I would love it i would love to write a pokemon thesis and you could use the games as primary sources you could cite Pokemon Red as a primary as a primary source. I I already know those. (laughs) I don't have to do any additional. Yeah, you wouldn't have to do any research research. because I know Pokemon. Yes, it's all in your. I need to come up with some kind of thesis if I ever go back to school. (laughs) You could do it. Maybe 
connect it somehow with mythological studies or something. I don't know. Oh, my school had a class on that. They talked about Japanese mythology with Pokemon,、mm-hmm. but I wasn't able to get into it, and I was so mad. Oh man, that would have been the perfect class. <laughs> it was like a freshman honors class, and I wasn't in honors.、Aww. And I was like, "Why are you limiting it to only honors students? Because it looks、fair. so cool." It's not fair. That's like exactly the kind of stuff I'm interested in, because I love Japanese mythology as well. So I'm always like looking into. And even just with most Pokemon in general, I love looking into and seeing where their inspirations came from. It's so cool to me. Oh yeah, birds of a feather. I mean, I I like. I've always liked that too. Seeing, looking at like their peculiar designs and and thinking about where they where they came from. Yeah, and of course, a lot of their names are puns, and I can always appreciate a good pun. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Yes, you are one of、I、the the pun pun masters. Now, Pokemon is great. We could talk about Pokemon all day long, or at least you could. Yeah, I could. <laughs> yeah, I could. But I guess we'll need to change the subject to my、yeah. little most What anticipated. What game are you looking forward to? Well, there was a time I would have said Ion Maiden, which, if you haven't heard of, it's the throwback. Duke Nukem 3D esque first person shooter made in the Build Engine, which Duke Nukem 3D was made in, being developed by Voidpoint LLC and published by 3D Realms. But Iron Maiden was delayed until 2019. Oh, great! <laughs> so it can't be my most anticipated anymore. So I had to hit the drawing board again, and what I drew was Shadow of the Tomb Raider. That's it's coming September 14th. And I think it's my most anticipated game this fall because I've really enjoyed the Tomb Raider reboot, ser- reboot series, especially the first one. And what I enjoyed about it the most was exploring the side challenge tombs. It's something I, I also loved about Tomb Raider Anniversary when I went back and checked it out. The original Tomb Raider,、um, explore just. To, Like everything's quiet, there's a heavy atmosphere, and you're exploring a tomb and tra- traversing it, and and finding little switches and levers. And I love that about Tomb Raider. And in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the devs have said that there will be more tombs, there will be more side challenge tombs to access、oh, and、good. explore, which were my favorite parts of the Tomb Raider reboot and Rise of the Tomb Raider. So, I, so is it like a puzzle game? Is Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider like puzzles? It's more exploration. The puzzles、okay. in it, it has puzzles and they can stump you, but that's not the main draw of it. And a lot of times the puzzles just come down to traversing a lot and and finding a switch or a lever. They're not exactly puzzles, though there are certainly parts where you get stumped. It's more like an atmospheric exploration game, I would say, and more about traversal. Now I've been meaning to pick up Tomb Raider. Do you think the new one would be a good place to start, or should I start with the older one? Well, I think a good one to start with would be Tomb Raider Anniversary, which was a two thousand. It came out in two thousand seven, and it was a re a remake, not a straight remake. There are some changes, but. Mostly like a spiritual remake of the original Tomb Raider, but you can't. What get... system is that on? It was on, of course, it was on PC, and then also 
360 and, and PS3, I think the Wii as well. Um, and it, okay, I have all of those. Awesome. And, and you can also get the original Tomb Raider on Steam. And the Tomb Raider reboot would be another, the 2013 one would be another good place to start. Um, if you were interested, either one of those three, the original anniversary or the 2013 reboot, either, any of them would be a good starting point. And, and, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, so it's gonna have more tombs and they're gonna be apparently darker and harder because the theme of this game is about Laura facing her fears and it, it's set in the deep jungle. It's set in deep jungles, and she's she's stopping. She's continuing to fight against Trinity, and she has to specifically stop them. Apparently, bringing about the the Maya apocalypse in this one, and and this one, like the reboot tr- trilogy, is all about leading up to how she becomes the Tomb Raider, and in this one, apparently, is like the moment when she becomes the Tomb Raider. Um, oh, that's cool. So it'll be, I'll be excited to see that, excited to explore some tombs, and they have, there's apparently like a big central hub area in it, this underground city that called, I believe it's Pi TT is how it's pronounced, and it'll be the largest hub area in any of these reboot Tomb Raider games, and from it you'll get a bunch of side quests and you'll find the the challenge tomb so that sounds really good to me because it's like what my favorite part was of the f- first two reboot games is now becoming an even bigger part that sounds really cool yeah i always do a lot of side quests when i play games i get like focused on those and i don't actually play the game so i, so I have a feeling if i played tomb raider that's what i would be focused on as well yes and it's it's also because when you start following the main storyline again it it's that's when it loses most of its luster and that's when i would lose most of my interest playing the reboot tomb raider games because it becomes combat sequences where you're taking cover and then you're shooting dudes and stuff stuff like that and that's just not I'd rather explore <laughs> yeah that's just not tomb raider to me to me tomb raider is being in this empty silent tomb with a good heavy atmosphere and you feel isolated and detached, and you're just exploring and doing a bunch of traversal stuff, and like that. And that's just that's Tomb Raider, not yeah, not the combat. That's what I think of when I hear Tomb Raider as well. And also, like, oh, go ahead. That's that's what the game is. <laughs> yes, you know. Yes, it's it's about raiding tombs. Time to raid some tombs. Exactly. That's. I would not expect combat to be in a in like a Tomb Raider game. And in the originals, there there were some as well, mostly against wild animals. Though there's some there's some other weird stuff as well. There's even a T Rex, but, but it gets weirder. And and another anyway. But another interesting thing about this game. Speaking of the originals, the original Tomb Raiders were made by Crystal Dynamics. And then they they started the series again. Or wait. No, they are made by Core Design. My bad. Crystal Dynamics picked it up with Tomb Raider Anniversary. And they they were doing a good job. Because um, Core Design kind of... Tomb Raider um, Angel of Darkness, I believe, is the title. That, that game wasn't too good. 
and it was the I think it was the last Tomb Raider that Core Desi- Core Design made, and that's when Crystal Dynamics took over the series with Anniversary. And but this one, Crystal Dynamics has been making each of them through the latest reboot game, but this one's being developed by Eidos Montreal. So we'll see how they do. They've they did a good job with the Deus Ex games. They didn't do a good job with the Thief reboot. Oh boy, uh, so it's like a mixed bag. <laughs> yes. Well, hopefully it turns out well. Because it sounds cool, and I hope hopefully they can pull it off. I know, I would like the idea of playing a reboot Tomb Raider game where the focus is on the optional challenge tombs. That sounds great to me, because those were the parts I didn't want to end in the other reboot games, so whenever I got done with them, I'd be disappointed, you know. Yeah. And and you can also adjust the difficulty for puzzles, exploration, and combat specifically, so I could put combat to easy oh, in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and exploration to hard, which means, like, the little white markers, like in these reboot games, it'll have, like, white chalk markers almost on things you can jump onto that would remove those if you put exploration to hard. Oh, that's good. So you can kind of customize the way you want to play the game. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I'd put puzzles and exploration to hard and combat to easy. <laughs> and then play it my way. Yeah. So I'm excited I've, for it. I have a feeling if I started out playing, I'd have to have those chalk markers on just so I could yeah. learn what I can and can't do as I go forward. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I could even foresee myself getting frustrated and just turning them on, so... Yeah, no worries there if you if you would need that, especially going in not having played one before. Yeah. I think once I got a better feel of like what I can like what can be interacted with and what can't be interacted with, I think it, I think then I could turn them off. Mm-hmm. But like until I know for sure like what I can do, then I'd probably leave them on. <laughs> so that's good. I guess that's a good way to have to introduce people in if they haven't played it before. Yeah, yeah, because newcomers will likely want to make exploration easy. So anyway, that's that's likely. I mean, and some other shout outs. I'm sure you second these, but you know, Super Mario Party. Um, oh, I want to play that so badly. <laughs> yeah, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Those are some other obvious ones. Yeah, coming I, out didn't, this I fall. was gonna say Super Smash Brothers, but I thought it was coming out in December. So I wasn't sure if that counted. It is. Well, I, like to me, you know, fall is just, well, I guess that would be holiday, you know, but yeah. to me, fall is like August to December, you know. <laughs> the last part of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like it, so, so little do I ever see seasons how they actually are. Like, you know, summer, like summer is June through August, but really summer doesn't start till the end of June and then it goes through September. And it's yeah, like September isn't it's, summer. But summer it is. is when school ends, so it's June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always think of seasons in terms of school year, like Oh yeah, same. Like February is spring, but it's winter. Even March is winter. That's February's so weird. Winter. Like Mar how can March be winter? You know? But it is through the twenty first and that just doesn't make like March is spring. No, that doesn't make any sense. How in the world can March be winter? Just like though I've gotten snow in March before here. It's just rare, and it sucks, but it's happened. Even even once where I'm at, it, it happened 
in March, but it is rare. It's, it's been getting crazier here too. Like we've gotten some weird. I remember uh, a couple years ago, freshman year for me in college, uh, we had, it was the same week, the week before spring break. We had a day where it was like 80s and you could wear a t-shirt outside. And then two days later, we had a frost warning and we had a delay. <laughs> <laughs> a flip-flop like that. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. crazy. That was kind of what it was like here. Suddenly, just this blizzard erupted in like the mid to late March. It was the most bizarre thing. Oh, gosh. I think I got lucky this year without having that many snow days. Or, I guess, not a lot of snow days that interrupted things I was going to do. I was really worried. I had an anime convention in January, and it ah. snowed right after the convention. And I was worried it was going to snow before the convention, but we got lucky there. Awesome. Not, yeah, not yeah. yet. Yeah, you know, heaven forbid the anime convention gets snowed out. And I don't mean well, that. Well, I mean, for me, it would also be like... If I dressed up, I would be in an outfit that would not be suitable for snow. Also, yeah. I don't want to drive around with, they don't, cause I mean, I live in the south, so like, they're not the best for snow preparation here. Oh yeah, exactly, yeah, I, I, I do too, and it's, um, yeah, the, the least little bit gets on the ground and, you know, if it ever- Everything's closed. Everyone's out buying their milk and eggs and bread. Mm-hmm. And if it ever gets really bad, and you have to go out in it like there's hardly any care done to it on the roads. Typically. Yeah, it's horrible. I remember one year, so I went to a boarding school for high school. Mm -hmm. And we had trimesters instead of semesters. So it was exams for me in like the beginning of February. And we were going to go home after our exams for like a week. But we got this like huge blizzard that rolled through right during the exams. So a lot of the transportation was all delayed. We had people coming to pick up their kids as soon as they could, like as soon as like even before their exams Disaster. were done. Yeah, it was, I could, I could hardly get home cause I took a bus home and they delayed the bus like a couple of days. So I was just wow. stuck for a while. Total disaster. Yeah, it was not great. And I still had exams, so, like, we had some teachers. My Japanese teacher couldn't make it to campus because she lived, like, half an hour away. So she had to have, since we were a boarding school, we had, like, RAs for the dorms. She had to have an RA give her exam since uh, she couldn't make it into school. Wow. It was nuts. Yeah, it was just an absolute madhouse. Well... Anyway, that's uh, seasons. Seasons, how do we understand them? Because, again, September is not summer. That's fall. No, it's fall. June is summer. March is spring. And then, you know, again, in game terms, fall is like August through December. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. And then there's that little bitty piece that's holidays. Yeah, which I guess Smash Brothers Ultimate would count as holiday 2018, because it's December. Anyway. But isn't, isn't the first day of winter December 21st? So actually, technically, it is coming out in the fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is true. Seasons don't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. 
Seasons are just weird, like how you don't capitalize them. That's been a subject of debate here at Game Luster before, but yeah, you don't capitalize them, and it seems like you would. So I, I oh, just, I yeah, don't... thinking about that, that would make more sense. Yeah, like I used to capitalize them, and then I find out, nope, only if they're personified or part of a title, but otherwise you don't capitalize seasons, which, yeah, seasons are just weird. Like, That's I don't understand weird. them. They're not how you think they'd be. Yeah. Now, next, I have a few little headlines here. I do this section, this segment called Newsreel Shootout Cold Reaction, where I belt out some headlines I've gotten from around the web. And the participants, which in this case would just be you, you got like five seconds and you just say a little response to it, because typically these are more interesting headlines. I've got some okay ones this time. So if if you're ready, I've got five of them. Okay, I will hit me with them. begin. Okay. From IndieGames.com. Baby Hands lets players revisit destructive babyhood in VR. Okay, why? Why would you want to? Well, yes, why would you want that in VR? I, I don't... I don't understand that. They can truly make VR into anything these days. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Next, from Rock, Paper, Shotgun. No Man's Sky pilot offers 200 million space bucks for missing ship. How did he lose it? <laughs> I know if it's that if it's worth that much, how in the world did you? Why lose do you track still have all that money? Just buy a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, that's true, it, offering two hundred million. I mean, like it's it's a it's a game. So what is on there? I mean, I guess if you like bought if you had like things that you bought with real money, but other than that, like just buy a new one. There's nothing on there that you can't replace. Exactly. With that much money, I, I see that now. Yeah, two hundred million. My goodness, <laughs> buy a new one. Ah. Anyway, next. Love conquers all games. Announces, get in the car, loser. Finally, a game that I can play. I can get in a car. Yes. And I am a loser. Yay, it's, it's it's made for people like us, I guess. And that one What was, is it even about? I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I should read it. That one actually came from rpgamer.com. But yeah, I should I should read up on that. Like what what premise could come from such a title as getting the car loser? Maybe I don't know. Anyway, next from Game Informer in space, no one can hear your ship despawn from this No Man's Sky glitch. I thought they fixed No Man's Sky. <laughs> Apparently they did, but not fully. This story oh, great. was from July 30th, so... Yeah, not not fully fixed yet. Though. You know, I was really hoping that they would, like, actually, like, let it, you know you know, be a working game that people could look forward to. 
But that's a pretty major. Did that is that what happened to the first guy that his ship despawned? And now oh, he's yeah. trying to get he's trying to offer money to get it back. Maybe there there could be a a connection here. <laughs> I'll need to look into these stories more. There there could be you, something. You can't going get on. it back if it's despawned, can you? No, no, it's complete. It's been completely undone. Two hundred million won't do anything. Wow, that's right. It just despawns. Hmm. No good. That's a pretty major thing. You'd think that they would have that one worked out. I know. Having... That's almost like making the game unplayable. Depends on, I guess, how it activates. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not sure on the details, which, of course, I'll need to read up more on exactly what's going on here. I love getting stranded in space. Oh, yeah. It, it makes for some splendid times, time alone, meditation. Yeah, getting stranded in space is cool. It can be fun. Anyway, I got one more here. It's from Polygon.com. How to make a game about drinking with Satan. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, like, how would you make a game about drinking with Satan? I wouldn't know I mean, where to start. is it a drinking competition? You can't outdrink Satan. I'd imagine not. And if you tried to, you'd be a fool. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, thank you Video for... Video games let <laughs> you live out your wildest fantasies. Yes. Now you can get in a car, and you can drink with Satan. I wonder if it's Games VR. are incredible. Drink with Satan in VR, that'd be... That'd be I'd be down for that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I don't know if I would. I wouldn't want to get too up close and personal with Satan. My VR already messes with my mind. I imagine VR Satan would be a little too much. Could Satan drink alcohol? Would it catch on fire? That is true. I'm sure he has his own way to do it. But yeah, you'd, you'd think it would catch on fire. He's only be breathing fire out of his mouth. For him, like, cops wouldn't even have to do a breathalyzer. He'd just blow fire out and burn them alive or something, you know. That's fair. Here, I need to do a breathalyzer test. Ah. No, okay. Uh, no need for that breathalyzer test, sir. You just burned my whole arm off. Uh, you're drunk. Anyway. So thank you for humoring me on the the headlines there. And now, if you could humor me as I continue my little Mario Choose Your Own Adventure story, I did this on a recent podcast. Oh, if only I could remember the number... My foggy memory. I think it was number 21. It's been a couple podcasts ago. I believe it was with Austin and Mike. And I did the first part of the story where Mario wakes up in his castle. He, he hears something at the door. He hears a knocking at the door and he goes down. And there were a few choices and they chose that when he opened the door he saw a bomb. Now Mario jumped out of the way and was safe. But he then went to investigate where this bomb came from. And in his investigations, he sat down after having looked everywhere for the culprit. And then he looked up and he saw Wario standing in front of him. And I ended the story saying that he saw Wario holding something. And that's where I, where I ended it. So I'll continue from there. And really, there's just going to be one choice at the end of my little bit this time that you'll make. And then that would be it. 
Okay. So here we go. See, a Mario. Okay. So he's been tired. He's been looking everywhere to see who in the world put this bob bomb at his front door early in the morning. And after sitting down to rest, he looks up and he sees Wario standing in front of him. And Wario was holding something, but it wasn't a bob bomb. It was something else. Mario looked closer and discerned a compass object, like a 3D globe with a needle in it spinning around. Mario's eyes now looked up to focus on Wario's face, which was wearing a serious and also slightly perturbed look. What are you doing here? Mario asked. Protecting your castle, Wario said. What? How are you? And what's that thing? This, Wario said, raising the compass object and looking at it, pleased. This is how I get around. It was one of the earlier treasures I stole. Took it from a tomb on the Isle of Powdered Sugar. What a place that was. Stuff got all on my clothes. I've never heard of a Powdered Sugar Island, Mario said. And what are you protecting Peaches a castle from? Uh, pardon my um, attempts at Mario and Wario voices, but anyway. Huh, Wario muttered, looking rightwards towards the distant coastline. The Brown Sugar Pirates. Mario looked perplexed. Wario, seeing this, continued. You know, the Brown Sugar Pirates, Scourge of the Seas, Captain Syrup. Mario's look remained one stumped. Wario explained again. It's my arch nemesis, the baddies who robbed me of the treasure I had robbed from them. The baddies who had robbed you of the treasure you had, and now they're going on a tear, looting any island they can get their hands on, and yours is next. Mario snapped his fingers. I see, our island and castle is being threatened by a gang of pirates. Exactly, Wario said. Mario rubbed his chin. So how does the Bob-omb fit in? he asked. But Wario looked confused at this and muttered, huh? Then a loud crash came from the direction of the castle. They've begun breaking in, Wario yelled, and Wario began running towards Peach's castle. Mario got up to follow, and he immediately thought about Peach, whether or not she was safe, for she still slumbered in her quarters, though now surely she had been wakened, and perhaps was even being threatened by the pirate invaders. So, Wario is wondering how the brown sugar pirates got a hold of a bob-omb. How did they get that bob-omb? Or were they even the ones who put the bob-omb in front of the door? Anyway, so we'll wrap up here with the Brown Sugar Pirates attacking Peach's castle. And the question I'll put to you, Elizabeth, and which we'll set up the story next time, is you've got Mario running inside the castle to check on Peach. And then you have Wario running around to the side of the castle where the explosion sounded from. So who should we follow in the next chapter? Mario checking on Peach or Wario checking on the explosion? I think Wario. Okay. That's a good choice. So next time, whenever I'm hosting a podcast again and I continue my little choose-your-own-adventure Mario story, we'll be continuing with Wario as he goes to investigate the explosion that sounded from the side of the castle. So, thank you, Elizabeth, for indulging me in my little story here. 
as well as my headlines, and thank you for all of your vast Pokemon knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I have. It's the only redeeming factor. <laughs> if you could get a job based on Pokemon knowledge. Oh yeah. Well see, I just would. find it. You'd be there would be no competition. Yeah. You would find your calling. So anyway, games fall twenty eighteen. Tomb Raider Pokemon Let's Go. Well, I mean, not Tomb Raider Pokemon Let's Go. That would be an interesting uh, mash. I'd play it. I'd still play it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, actually, um, Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee and Pikachu Editions, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And um, then my little things with the headlines of the Mario story. Um, thank you, Elizabeth, um, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. And before we go, I'll give you a chance, as we always do, to shout out some social media rep or words of wisdom or, or whatever. One final little word here. I don't really have anything to add. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you want to say anything? I'm good. Right. <laughs> awesome, then. So that's it for this episode of the Game Luster Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Trevor and Elizabeth signing out. Tune in next time.